kids won't talk to him. His kids call him the most horrible, gruesome names. His kids call him a Jew. That's what his kids call him. And now his, his wife exercised some parental alienation, which means that when one spouse alienates the children against the other children, against the other spouse, so his kids won't talk to him. He, he says he eats breakfast with his kid, they put, they put the, the box of cereal between them. They go into his house, they take grapes, put on the floor and score, smash on the floor. His own children, his own children want to cause, cause him such tremendous pain and agony. They do the most cruel things to him. His ex-wife now is converted to Christianity and she's bringing the kids with him. This is someone who's very, very involved in the Jewish community. We all want to avoid that. Yet, the most important decision we're ever going to make in our lives is who we're going to marry. Lawrence. That's the most important thing. And it, it, it's an occupation that we do all the time. Right? You guys are already almost, what, 20, 21? You're almost 19. there. 19? Right? Almost 19. People, <laughs> you guys are all going to school. You're going to spend four years to become uh, a professional. You're going to spend eight years to become a lawyer or a doctor or even more. Right? What, what training do you guys get in marriage or in, 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 in having a family? This is it. It's, it's an arrow with Rabbi Wolby. That's it. So I hope you guys take your notes and remember everything I say. Nathaniel, what do you say? Okay. Why do we get married? Gentlemen, I'm going to throw a question around the table. Everyone says that they want to get married. I want to know why. Free sex. <laughs> I'm gonna go a little cleaner than that. <laughs> to have someone clean the house. To have someone clean the house. So no, so no. <laughs> so that that your life to this it's a, it's a, yeah. right. it's Okay, no, so that, that that that's incorrect because um because and, no. <laughs> no, let's go one at a time. What you, what you said is incorrect because in all likelihood it's more expensive than paying for sex. In the end, especially if you get divorced, it'll be a lot more money, right? You'll pay for it one and way or the other. No sex when you get divorced. <laughs> Okay, then your thing is not obviously it's it's insane because <laughs> most some women most women today won't clean up the house. That's the reality, um, and you did, it's much cheaper. Like we said, we always want it's not cost effective to get married in order to have yes. What are you saying? Are we saying in terms of like Judaism or in terms of whatever like secular? What? Everyone here around the table said you want to get married. You don't tell me why. It's a proclamation of gosh. Your- it's a proclamation of your intimacy. I mean, like intimacy. Or the midst of your don't get don't don't get mitzvah, Okay, <laughs> not to have children. If you want to have children, you should find a very very strong, sturdy like uh, farm woman who's like six foot three. You can have really strong children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a what do you say, Isaac? Huh? To have a family. I like that. I like that. That's very good. But to have a family. Uh, okay. It's an investment. It's an investment. Yeah. Yeah, but most 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 it's, most people have the worst return on investment in that investment. And the lucky ones, love. It's like investing in in Enron. But most it, cases. You have to take a risk on love. So like that's just it's like, love. That was what I was hoping someone would say. I, that. I was hoping someone would say that, but it's incorrect. It's romantic. It's it's incorrect. But that's the word I was looking for. I was hoping someone would say that. I always always say because that's the first misconception. The number one misconception about marriage is that marriage is because of love. When most people say love, they in fact mean needs. Lust. Lust. Oh. Thank you, Nathaniel. <laughs> Most people say they fell in love. What they really mean is they fell in lust. That's what I'm saying. In lust. Right. 
Um, do we have a definition? First of all, people, people use the word love very freely. What is the definition of the word love? Ahava. No, that's the Hebrew word. Translate. What's the definition of, the word, of, of love? Love is not something that it's not like on steroids. I like I like uh, steak. No, 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 I love steak. That's not that's not it. That's interesting. I mean, you love yourself and you want to eat the steak. Uh, in, in to Hebrew, benefit. Love is defined as so what's You want to spend the rest of your life with this person. You use Vatora a little bit. Huh? You use Vatora a little bit. If it's yeah. less than twenty seconds. Okay, love in Hebrew is the same shorsh. It means to give. Hava. Okay. Okay, that's that, but that's not a definition. That's a way to acquire love. The definition of love. Children, listen to me and write this down and embed this into your mind. The definition of love is the emotional pleasure one gets when he or she recognizes the virtues in someone else and identifies the person with those virtues. To recognize the virtue in someone else and to identify the person with those virtues, that is love. When you recognize the goodness in someone else, and you identify the person with those... bad virtues? Well, everyone has good and bad. The question is you, you identify... Love... Everyone has good and bad, vir... good and bad character traits. That everyone just, has. That just allows love to be overused. Yeah, I feel like... They like, like now you can say, I love LeBron James because he could score 45 no, points. No, 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 no. I recognize his virtues that he could no, 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 score 45 We're talking about like real virtues, yeah, character virtues. Yeah. Not, not like I love him because he has an awesome car. I, I love you. Love someone because you recognize their their virtues, their their true character virtues, their midot. Their, their it has to be more than just recognizing. Like, recognizing and identifying. That's it. Yeah, but no, it has to be more than that. So why well, is that? Because I mean, you could recognize anyone. anyone and you're supposed to love everyone. Well, you you're Leviticus 19. Right, you're you supposed can, to love people, right? right. You're yeah, commanded. You should love every fellow as yourself. How is that possible yeah, to command how, someone with emotion? Between I love you and I love my future wife. Well, it's, it's the I mean, like, it's, 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 no, no, no. no. It's it's love, love. That relationship is just forbidden. You know what? No, no, no. Sexual relationship. My point is, if you love everyone, then you're supposed to love everyone, right? But have to Rakhamot, you should love your fellows yourself. You have to love everyone. It doesn't mean you have to make love to everyone. We, in our society, we sometimes interpret the word love as meaning as only something of opposite sex. That's why he's saying love is not married. Love is an emotion. Love is an emotion. Marriage is the proclamation of love. Wait, but you don't even know my virtues. Not yet, but I see something. No, like why love is the wrong answer. Right, right. and love in Judaism we teach love comes after love comes after marriage most people they say they marry because of love but in truth if they really cared about that other person they'd find them someone nice to marry we all know our own flaws if you really care that much about the person totally you're totally altruistic you just care about that person then you'd find them someone nice to marry you care about yourself but you don't know that's really confusing because if you're gonna find that, so you don't know who that other person is. Another person has flaws, so in the end, no one gets married because everyone's pushing that. I'm just saying. I understand. I I brought out some absurdity. I agree. That's true. I was trying to bring a point. My point is that you cannot marry out of love. Does not work like that. Love is a result of marriage, not a prerequisite or something that brings upon marriage. Between different options. What do you mean? How do you choose who you marry? Yeah, we'll get to that. Relax. We're just but defining also, what... Also right now, the first goal... The first goal... No, the first... Right. That's another good point. We'll get to that as well. The first point so we like want to do is, is to find out why are we getting married. So why are married next year? <laughs> we want to find out why we're getting married. What is, the, what is the purpose, the function of marriage? That's the first thing. 
Then we need to find out how to make it successful. And there's five C's. You got to remember those five C's, which make the marriage successful. So it's not because of love. Love's a res- lo- lo- love is a. Um, what is the opposite of uh, of pain? What is the opposite of pain? Relief. Pleasure. 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 No, incorrect. Another misconception. The opposite of pain is no pain. <laughs> okay? Pleasure is a positive thing. Pleasure is a positive thing. To not have a negative does not equal a positive. To not have a negative does not equal a positive. To not have pain does not equal pleasure. Pleasure, the prerequisite to pleasure is pain. If you're neutral, then you're comfort. Pain. It's comfort. That's the right word. The right word is comfort, not pleasure. The opposite of pain is comfort. We confuse comfort with pleasure. Real pleasure can only be a result of hard work, maybe even pain. Real pleasure can only be a result of hard work, maybe even pain. The opposite of pain is comfort. It's not pleasure. In order, if you want to have pleasure, you have to earn it. It's not just you get rid of all the things which are hurting you, disturbing you, and you'll have pleasure. It's not the way it works. For example, you have someone who makes a million dollars by himself, earns it, he has pleasure in the money. He gives it to his brat kid as an inheritance. The kid doesn't enjoy the money because he didn't earn it. You enjoy oh. things that you work hard to, to, to achieve. You want to you wanna, you wanna achieve love, the pleasure of love, you have to work, work to, to get it. And the, great, the more you work in it, the more pain you, the more effort, the more, the more investment you put into it, the more pleasure it is. Okay, but that's, that's a little side point. Okay, so why do we get married? Uh, reason number one. This is a verse in... Genesis. Can anyone finish that pasuk? Can anyone finish that verse in the scripture? I'll translate that. Therefore, a man should leave his parents, go away from his house, don't stick to your mom forever, right? And he should cleave to his wife, and they should be one flesh. They should be one flesh. The first reason why we get married is because as a single person, you're half a person. Right? Zachar bin Baratan. This is another, another verse, another, another, another pasuk from Genesis. Man is, 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 man is really composed of two parts. Zachar So long as you're single, you're half a person. You can never achieve anything in life. So what if you're like gay? Well, <laughs> we're not talking about homosexuality. That'll be, that'll be next week. I'll, uh, if you want. <laughs> but also... <laughs> Wait, so you're saying uh, like you, ha- you have you, you can like certain words. characteristic traits, like say you're like this, and then she's like this, and what? try... You find someone that's opposite of you so that you can huh? make one... That one is... A brilliant point because the you just extrapolated you extrapolated what I said. If you're two halves of one whole, you got to find the right half. It's right. like a puzzle yeah, piece. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. So you have to. That is that. That's the work. But then if you're like let's say that is the first C. The first C. The first C. The first C is compatibility, and compatibility <laughs> is by doing this research of who I who am I and what do I need to, to like where am I lacking. Right. Or what's important to me. Because you're pre-programmed to be perfectly acclimated with a certain woman. So is there only one perfect person for you? I don't know. Don't have an answer to that. What if like that perfect person just opens the door? Let's say I'm not sure. So you'll meet her. You'll meet her at some point. 
If, so you're saying it's destiny. It's no. bound to happen. If no, I don't know. I don't have you're an answer to this question. I don't have an answer to this question. I don't know. It's possible that there's more than one potential spouse for someone, or there's, let's say, a group of people who could potentially, any one of them could potentially be your, your, your spouse. How do you know when that person is the one? Um, you you won't get a bolt of lightning. It's not a happening. It doesn't work like that. Lust. Lust works like that. Oh, you just get that suddenly inspiration. It doesn't work like that. It works with an intellectual plan. Like you plan and you, you do um, research and you do a vetting process. Vetting, V-E-T-T-I-N-G. I don't know how well you're, how well, how, how, how good is your English? I don't know. Vetting means to like, to separate, to separate the good, like, yeah, it's to, to vet. I don't know how to say it in, in layman's terms. <laughs> but part of the vetting process of, that we call dating is to find out, okay, fine, wh- who is compatible with me and who's not. Yeah? But if there's only one person, then God obviously will avail that person for you. But if not, then you'll eventually bump into someone who is right for you, and you'll have to make the right steps, which we will delineate coming up. So the first reason is because you're half a man. You're half a man, you can't, you can't really do anything. Number two, how does the Torah describe a single person? Im Does anyone remember that, that pasuk? Im Huh? Where do we say it? We say mishpatim. If a, if a Jewish slave, a Jewish slave, so you, so you want to be, you know it by heart? Yeah. A Jewish slave who gets sold uh, to slavery for six years, his master may or may not allow, or may, may, uh, marry him off to one of the Gentile slave, or slave women. I that. Yeah? Now, if he's single, then he's not allowed to marry him off. But if he's married, then he is allowed to marry him off. Now, how does a Torah describe a single person? Begapo. If he's single, then he cannot get married. I'm sorry, I'm getting too minutia. I know, I apologize for that. Uh, okay. A single person described, begapo means his clothing. It means that a single person, his world ends by the edge of his clothing. Torah doesn't have a wife to sew his clothing? No, no, no. But in the, <laughs> that in means, the midbar, it wouldn't happen because when um, the Jews traveled, the clothes grew with them. It just means that their world ends where their clothing ends. Right? Everything that's external to their clothing is not who they are. It's metaphorical. It's metaphorical, right. Thank you. Appreciate that. It means that they don't care about anyone besides themselves, single people. The second, the definition of marriage is that you're opening up your single self to someone else. You're cracking open that, that hard shell that you've been living in, that cocoon that you've been living in for 25 years of your life to let your spouse be part of who you are. The second you crack your spouse, you crack, you crack your cocoon open, you are ena- you're enabling yourself to become a much better person. So you get married so you're not selfish? Exactly. <laughs> Marriage is the ultimate de-selfishication process. I don't know if that, that makes, I don't know, was that a word? De-selfishication. You become less selfish, you're able to, right, all of our avodah, all of our spiritual work, they all deal with the same point of becoming more of a people's person, more of someone who cares about everyone else. Right? All of Torah on one lead, you should love your fellows yourself. What does that mean? All of Torah really is trying to teach us one idea, and that is to become less of a selfish person. <laughs> I missed it. Become less of a selfish person. The only way you can do that, the only way you can start doing that is by, is by becoming slowly, caring for more and more people, starting with your wife. That's the second reason why we get married. Okay, fine. What are the five C's? Number one, compatibility. Number two, common goals. Number three? Commitment. Very good. Yeah. Number four? What's the uh, guess? Companionship. No, no, the one Aaron said. 
Children, no. Coercion, no. <laughs> no. Communication. Uh, and, uh, and the last one? Cooperation. No, no, no. The last one. <laughs> complete sexual fidelity. Fidelity, for those of you who went to yeshiva, means faithfulness. Now, let's, let's throw it through one more time. Okay, compatibility, common goals, commitment, communication, complete sexual fidelity. Every single successful marriage... Fidelity. Yes. Three words. No, it's the same, but it's but one it's idea. With the C, well, actually, it was supposed to be sexual fidelity, but sexual fidelity does not start with the C. Um, so I just added the complete. <laughs> uh, now, every successful marriage, now what I mean by marriage, not only that they didn't get divorced, that, you know, I mean that they weren't miserable, they were happy to be together, they loved each other, they cared for each other till the end of their lives. That's what we mean. We mean, we're, 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 we're going to embark on a relationship when we get married that is going to take us to our 85. I have a question. Yes. Is it, it related to the topic? Track. It is. Yes, very, okay. But it'll sidetrack. We could talk about it at the end of class. Yeah, but... What about um, where the guy become, comes out as gay throughout in the middle of the marriage? <sighs> well... I feel like you've got to ask that question. Like, yeah. Um, you have to worry about Yeah, you have to worry about me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if if there is such a thing as being gay. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Uh, it's never been proven. But it's a good joke about that. Well, how come gay? How come gay? How come gay guys? How come gay guys? Sorry, this. I know this is. I, I'm old enough to post this in my class. But how come gay guys are such great dressers? Because they act like a female. Because they spend a lot of time in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I just heard that one recently. So uh, that was very funny. Um, but yes, I don't. It's not. <laughs> Funny? <laughs> no? That's funny. I think that's funny. Anyhow. <laughs> okay, I apologize, but I, I don't know. I apologize for that distraction. But I don't know if any if it's, if, if they're only attracted to, to to men. I don't know if that's true. It just you know we don't know. And plus, I don't like talking about um, homosexuality in public forums. So you know, if you have any questions, we could talk about that. Let's no, get my number. <laughs> okay. So the, every single sexual marriage has had these five C's. Now, if there's ever a divorce, most likely all five C's are the opposites true. Most likely. Sometimes it's only four. But it's for sure these are the reasons. These are the, these are the five core reasons why marriages succeed or fail. Number one, compatibility. Would you just like not love the person anymore? Yes, and that is as a result of lack of commitment. Because, like we said... Love is something that you, that you develop. It's not something that you just have. Right? You know, in Western society, it's like, oh, it happened. It's a happening. So if it happens, and it happens, and then it stops happening. It's not, it's not true. So love at first sight is... It's baloney. It's lust at first sight. Lust at first sight happens, yes. Love at first sight doesn't happen. Um, yes. Okay, now the number, the number one, this is the most important thing. Compatibility. Most couples that get married, what... Like, what are the determining factors that, the, that they decide that they want to get married? Like, what, like, what brought them to make that decision? Children. They, have the same they want children. Now, all the, ideally... Convenience. What, no, they, they, what, they really, what they really should be is that they're compatible. These people, they, you know, they, you know they, they have a compatibility. They have a... Same goals. Well, you're supposed to be have different or you're supposed to be opposites. So that you, like, kind of it, it, fill in not, each other's it's holes. Not, it's, not, it's not that cut and dry. It's not that black and white. It's not that cookie cutter. It's like, oh, well, I only have 97%. It's not like it's Madden, where you have, like, a certain amount of... It's much, it's much more... It's much more gray. 
Um, but yeah, there has to be a little compatibility. So, as I'll, 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 let, 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 let's go through this. So I, I said this. Has anyone, ever heard, has anyone here ever heard of a fellow by the name of Richard Dawkins? Who? Richard Dawkins. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one here heard of... No, no, wow. Dawkins. Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is the most famous Dawkins. atheist Dawkins. in the world. Yeah, Richard yeah, Dawkins. Yeah. He's a famous uh, evolutionist slash atheist in the world. Now he wrote a book called The Blind Watchmaker. Oh, we, we, I did that in Jewish philosophy. Yeah, yeah the blind watchmaker, which is the, one of the proof brought in the Talmud of, of God is that, well, it's such a complex world, there has to be someone, a creator. If you, have, if you have a design, there has to be a designer. And that book deals with how maybe it's possible to have a blind watch. Is it possible to have a blind watchmaker to make a, a very intricate um, watch and now to be able to see? That, that's the question. Blind watchmaker. So I say there's a blind watchmaker, there's a blind matchmaker. matchmaker. Everyone uses a matchmaker. The question is, is it going to be a blind watch, uh, matchmaker or not? You're for sure going to use a matchmaker. It just might be yourself or your own uh, infatuatious, <laughs> lustful sure. desires. For sure. Or it's going to be your, it's going to be common sense or someone who has some common sense. When you are going to decide who you're going to marry, you have to try to use as much of your intellect as possible. That's why I advocate, I think that if you have a third party introduce the prospective couple, it always works out better because the, the third party is more impartial, is less, um, is, is, is less blinded by lust, desire, infatuation, those things that causes marriages to go awry. So it's very, the first step is, is in compatibility is to, we have to reframe our way of viewing how we're going to seek out a potential spouse. We have to start looking for specific qualities which are necessary for us in a prospective spouse. Now, the deeper the relationship that you have with someone, the narrower the prospective field of, of persons is. What I mean, what I mean like, like this, you're only married one person. So there's a very small field of compatibility, a very unique field of compatibility that you have to have with that person. To be friends, like you guys are all friends, right? Are you guys that similar? Eh, yes, maybe yes, maybe no. You know, you guys are all young, you're, you're young males who are gishmak. I don't know if gishmak, you know, everyone knows what gishmak means. To be friends, to be friends like Isaac and I, all you have to be is just gishmak and go to basketball. That's it. <laughs> Gishmak is means in yeah, Yiddish yeah, means yeah, like awesome, right? That, that's all you have to be. But to marry someone, it's much it's much more narrow the field of compatibility. You have to. It's much more of a unique person who could meet that relationship status. Does that make sense? Therefore, dating is a time of character discovery. Most people get divorced. The reason why, or well, one of the reasons why they get divorced is after they got married, they found out things about their spouse that they never knew before. Well, but they dated for six years. What happened? Well, during those six years, they weren't actually looking out for midot, for qualities which are necessary for them in a, in, in, in a spouse. So therefore, after two years of marriage, they say, hey, I didn't sign up for this. This person is so angry, or so stubborn. And they got, they got into a few fights, and that's it. They want to bail. Well, what happened when you were dating? When they were dating, they were having fun. They had a relationship. They weren't going through the proper steps of character yeah. discovery, which are necessary for vetting potential spouses. So you're saying dating is a way 
Do you have to date long? So you have to like ask them questions like tell me something you don't know like about me or something. <laughs> Dating so, is not a relationship. This way, is this? But, but what if it's better to move in together before you get married? Oh, that's together. another point because that's what you would think. You would think that it makes and sense also, to move in together, but it's not true. I'll tell you why. Because forty-eight, there's a there's a forty-eight percent increase in divorce in couples that have slept together. Forty-eight percent—that's an enormous number. Slept together, moved in together. Yes, yes. That means that. Physical, physical so compatibility. Be, that's not worth. That, yeah, that's what if, not what derails marriage. What if you're not compatible? Huh? What if you're not sexually compatible? What does that mean? I had someone. Well, yeah, what does that mean? For a marriage, you guys are not really looking for. You guys aren't. You're into different things. Yeah, you guys are exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <You're laughs> That's not. That's, that's one. That's that's one point. That's that's one point. That's another point. But there's there's a much deeper point. Think about it. A little bit your taramok. A little bit of a deeper point than than what. David was saying. The deep point is, is that when people are having a physical relationship before marriage, most likely they're not actually looking out for these character differences that are going to be so crucial to the unrailing of their marriage. They're not looking... The, the more you're involved in this relationship, the less you're involved in the intellectual relationship. The less you're involved in the intellectual relationship, the more likely you are to not see these warning signs, these, these red flags that will butt you in the hiney after you get married. Thank you. You're out. That's yeah. it. Yes, go break okay. up with his girlfriend now. So what? What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I swear, I, I didn't hear the whole thing. But you jinxed no, my marriage. Listen, if you didn't, you if you girlfriend, if you listen, yeah. if you if you follow the rules, you'll be successful. If you don't follow the rules, I guarantee you'll fail. Okay, so first of all, dating is not a relationship. It's a character discovery seminar. That's what it is. You're not having a relationship. You want to know if you're go- if it's if it's if it's compatible to have a relationship. It's not it's not an existing relationship. It is a, a scouting effort. That's what I wrote down. It's just, you want to find out if the relationship is possible. It's not a relationship. You want to find out if a relationship is possible. So then the How relationship, wait, but the relationship is based on sex because that's the only thing you're missing out when you're dating. That's not true. I don't really That's true. You, you don't have a relationship. You don't have a relationship. Okay, so then how are you supposed to fight? <laughs> okay, so the... Uh, <laughs> I just talking now, like I said, uh, like, 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 just, like I said, if you, if, you, if, if you have premarital sex, the rate of divorce was up 48%. So that means that most people, most people who have premarital sex will likely get, get divorced. And the reason behind that is, A, like what David said, and B, that they... You know, that they Exhausted all the, you know, well, all the lust. all the lust before the marriage, um, but the real reason behind is that is that they they took the dating process or the premarital process and they made a relationship out of it. They made a relationship out of it, so they were not looking and scouting out for the potential pitfalls of the marriage. Therefore, okay, is it like so? There's a way, the way to actually do it, this is the question you're asking. How do you get here, right? The way to actually do it is like this. First, you have to know yourself. You have to know who you are. You have to have some sort of inventory of, 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 of what's important to you. And B, you have to make a list of things that you're looking for in a spouse. So I know, I tell you, when I, was, when I was getting married, I was playing like an investigative reporter a little bit. I'm saying, it doesn't sound so romantic. I understand that. But I was looking out for specific things which I knew were important to me. 
you, if you see a woman, you're with a girl who's gorgeous, let's say. I see you. Let's say you're dating a girl that's... You interrogated her? Not interrogated her. You know, you... Like put like in a chair. No, no, no. No, you do... Guys, homosexuality is the same? You do it in a casual way. You're schmoozing, you're having a good time. But you're not. I'm saying you're not saying you're not like covered with lists of questions. But in your inner conversation, you try to steer the steer the direction of the conversation towards things which are important to you and things you want to find out. You know, if you let's say you're dating your girl, who's the most gorgeous thing since uh, Marilyn Monroe. She's totally gorgeous, right? But you find out that she's stubborn. You have to drop the relationship. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Is that clear to you? You gotta drop it. Because you'll just suffer in the long term. I only got three of this five seats. I'm trying to Commitment, complete sexual utility, compatibility. We'll get there. We, we, just, we just finished compatibility. You hear this, guys? If you have a relationship with a woman... For sure that's to be attractive. That's one of the things. It's important. You, but you made a list of five or ten things which are important So you're allowed to be shallow well, obviously, it's, if you're not attracted, you're not, you're not allowed to marry someone that you're not attracted to. But that's not the only thing. Just if that's the only thing, well, first of all, what, what's going to happen when she's 75 and starts losing her teeth? <laughs> if the relationship is just built on attraction, it probably won't last more than a year. Probably. Probably. If that's all it's based upon, if, if that's all a marriage is based upon is just phys- physical looks, I'm telling you, it probably won't last six months. That's it. Because there's just a certain amount of time that infatuation could take you. Afterwards, if there's just no real relationship, that's it, it's over. So yeah, it's important, but it's not, it's not the most important thing. It's like, it's necessary, but it's not the only thing. And the last thing in, in, in compatibility is don't maintain heavy relationships with people you don't intend to marry. Every person that you have a deep relationship with adds to your emotional baggage. The more emotional baggage you have, the harder it is to actually have a real relationship with one person for 50 years. It's not worth it. Don't maintain deep, heavy relationships with people you're not going to marry. If you see see a girl stubborn, you said there's no way I'll ever marry this girl, but she's so much fun, drop her. You don't need her. What's what's going to do for you? So you're saying, unless you know for sure, then drop like unless you if you don't know for sure, then, then fine. Don't it shouldn't be a heavy relationship, but it sh- it sh- it should be a re- either it should be a relationship of friends, but but it should not be a like a deep heavy relationship if you know for sure that she's not she's not for you. Okay, that's that's compatibility. We know how to do it. How to do it? The way to do it is to find out what you need in a spouse. And when you're dating, you're not having a relationship, you're looking for those things which, which are on your list. Common goals. So why do we go to college, everyone? To get a degree. Why do you get a degree? Why do you get a degree? To get a job. Why do you want a job? To make money. Why do you want money? To live. To prove your have To have food. To have food. It's real, the real reason why. Sustenance. Why are you having food? To live. Why are you living? Get married. Don't reproduce. Reproduce. To do to reproduce. No, that's not the reason why you're living. Just get back. So what if you don't go to college? I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just trying to demonstrate. Everyone here is going to college, right? I'm just saying. Is your cable the end, the end of all those questions will be to live. But most people ask them, so why are you living for? Most people won't have an answer. Most people will not have an answer. 
And if you want to have co- if common goals, the first step in common goals is to develop a goal for yourself in your life. To find out what are you willing to die for. Nathaniel, what are you willing to die for? Me. Money. Rio. Me. Rio. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. <laughs> find out what you're willing to die for. Articulate it. Be clear. Know exactly what you're willing to die for. And then live for that thing. That's what. That's, that's the like first step. That's so hard to answer. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> A marriage can only succeed if a couple shares common goals. Like the way I illustrate this is that you cannot go on a lifelong journey with someone if you don't know where you're going for. The reasons why a lot of marriages fail is because they're like, why are we living together for? Well, like what are we saying, doing? That's like saying you, you have to know your purpose in life. But you you have to have some sort of purpose in life. And how are you supposed to just know what your purpose is in life? What's important to you? What do you want to die for? Yeah, what's important to you now is not going to be important yeah. to well, in 10 years. Well, mm-hmm. but you could, you, could, you could project. It's a projection. Oh, now you're going to that. And the second your projection, you and your spouse, oh. which are the same way. So even if it deviates oh. a little bit, you're doing you're deviating together. You're, this, you're one team, you know remember? Remember your the team? one you read here on my sister the way uh, the the first the thing that we could do about this right here right now I want to take a look please at this uh, at this piece of paper gentlemen gentlemen okay you see the circle yeah yeah I can see this everyone see the circle huh this first circle is the practical things in life, which means you have to have enough money to support your family. You have to live in a comfortable place where you're able to afford a house and, and be able to send your kids to school. Practical things in life. The first thing when you make a life goal is to find out what's practical. The second thing is to find out what am I good at. Practical? And what am I... Practical and what are you good at? Which means, what I want to do in life? What, what excites me? Do I want to become a, a, a... I'm very good at plumbing or I'm very handy, but I'm not going to become a plumber. I'm good at uh, analytical skills, so maybe I'll become a lawyer. That sounds pretty practical, right? There's the good and the practical. You're looking for the overlap. And the last thing is, what can I do to benefit the world? This is just as an exercise that you could do if you want to develop a lifelong goal. You look at these three things. Number one, what does the world need? What can I offer the world? Number two, what's practical? I can't do something which is not practical. I can't move to Africa and just, you know, help people there. It's not, not practical. And number three is, what am I good at? What do I want to do? And you're looking for that thing in the middle. Where all these three points converge, something that you're good at, something that you want to do, something that's practical for you, and something that the world needs you have the makings of your plan for your life goal. If you could find a woman who has a similar kind of pie chart, where your common goals are the same, much more likely to have a successful marriage. Much more likely. Let's see. <laughs> Eight so far. Number three. 
Gentlemen. Gentlemen, do I have your attention? Yes. We did uh, compatibility, common goals. Number three is the most important, commitment. Without commitment, a couple is roommates. That's all they are. There are two roommates. That's all they have. If you don't have commitment, you're guaranteed that the marriage will fail. Either by divorce or it just won't be worth anything. What's the proper attitude of this? Nathaniel, what's your commitment to your hand? <laughs> huh? How committed are you to your hands? How? <laughs> yeah? Now, what if you, let's say, walking down the street and you see someone with a nicer hand? Or your hand. Are you going to trade your hand for that, for that hand? Like a hand bottle? No, if you see someone with really nice hands. Are you, how committed are you to your hands versus someone else? I like my hands. Like what you if get pretty dry in the winter, but <laughs> You're not committed to your hand. You are your hand. That's part uh, of your body. The uh, only, the, the only way, the only you're way, the only way for you to cut off your hand is if it becomes gangrene. If it becomes gangrene, it starts influencing the rest of the body. That's the only way you'll cut off. That that's the only way you'll be willing to amputate your hand. True. I mean, if I'm, like, stuck, like, in a rock or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the only... Well, 27 hours. That is... That yeah. is the same relationship you have to have with your spouse. You, it's not like it's, oh, a friend or someone who lives with you or someone who you really like, someone who you... It's you. It's who you are. That's the level of commitment. There's a story about Ari Levine, who is the father-in-law of Rabbi Eliashev. Maybe has anyone ever heard of Rabbi Eliashev? He's like 103 years old. Rabbi lived in lives in. Um, his father-in-law was Rabbi Ari Levine, and he's a famous story. He once went to the doctor with his wife, and he told the doctor, "Doctor, my wife's foot hurts us. What? Uh, my wife's leg hurts us. She kicks her children." What? <laughs> my wife's leg hurts us. His wife's leg was hurting, and it hurt him as much as it hurt her. Because they really were committed to each other to such a degree that they were like two parts, two parts of, of one whole. <laughs> that is what we mean when we say commitment. When you get married to someone, you are in effect saying, I am willing, I am living with this person the same I'm living with my hands. Forever, no matter if someone else who someone who's more beautiful shows up. So 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 what? So what? So you saw a beautiful hand, you chop, you chop off your hand because someone someone's hand is nicer than yours. That is a level of commitment you have to have if you want marriage to succeed. In Judaism, we go under the chuppah of the wedding canopy. The bride surrounds the groom seven times to demonstrate this point. When you get married. You are binding yourself to this person forever. Marriage is like a tattoo. Forever. You cannot undo it. Unless, or you can undo it. But your attitude has to be that it's like a tattoo. It's there forever. Unless you get the laser treatments. That's a good example. Marriage is like a tattoo. I like how I took down. Marriage is like a tattoo. Marriage is like a tattoo. You are getting... yes. Um, you are getting into this thing and you're going to stick with it forever unless you want to go through the painful procedures of laser removal. That, that is the attitude you have to have. Divorce is appropriate when, some, when there's abuse, when there's destructive relationship, when the children are suffering, etc. 
But otherwise, you're getting married to someone, married forever. So now there's a man. Has anyone, ever, anyone here ever been to L.A.? Yeah. 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 So in L.A., there's a commonplace thing that you see. You see like the 86-year-old business mogul who is married to this 22-year-old. Now, it's love. why it's would we, can we guess, why is he married? Why is he married to her? Why, he's married to her because of? It's like better looking than you know, that 16 year old that made like 40. Yeah, what's her name? Yeah. Okay. I don't know her name. Now, why is. For money. Why is she marrying him? Money. She is waiting for the battery in his pacemaker yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> Most people. Most people get married for selfish yeah. reasons. The reason why we get married is for commitment. The reason why we get married is, is, is for commitment. It's important. That's another thing. You get married to demonstrate that commitment. This is Judaism. This is Judaism. Judaism with a healthy dose of concepts. Which is also Judaism. No, now, if you ask, if you ask marriage counselors, they will say, "Do not have separate, do not have this, do not share your money." Right? Everyone has their own bank account. They put the house on both of their names. Right? Because they have to own everything equally. All those little things that people do are just escape uh, routes. routes. Don't leave any escape routes. You go in, you dive in, uh, you dive in, you just you go you go in totally into the marriage. You're totally committed. Right? You have to share the bank account. You share everything. You're in this for the long term. It's your, it's your tattoo. You're not going away from it. Don't leave an exit that you could sneak out. When it gets a little bit difficult, I mean, don't make it easy for you to do But We don't believe in drive-through divorces. No drive-through divorces. No mail-in divorces. Because there will be challenges. Every marriage has its challenges. You don't want it to be easy to run away because every marriage has challenges. Successful marriages have challenges. Unsuccessful marriages have challenges. The difference is, are you going to escape the second time it gets a little bit difficult? The second it gets a little different, are you going to escape? Every, little, every time you absolutely run away? No. You're going to bear fruit. You're committed. That's the definition of commitment. This is the most important one, guys. If you take any one of these, take commitment. That's it. That's the attitude. It's a reframing. It's a reframing of an attitude towards marriage. We are not getting divorced. No one sitting here, David, space in. No one sitting here will get divorced. Right? Okay, I want, I want, let's go on the table. I want everyone to say, I will not get divorced. I'll say, I will not get divorced. I will not drink again. I will not get divorced. I will not get divorced. Nathaniel. I will not get divorced. Isaac Machine will not get divorced. Okay, you hear this? That is the attitude. We are. The mans are the only ones who are That's not true. That's not true. Judaism is not true. It's yeah. a direct, major misconception. Incorrect. It's not true. Um, it's, 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 okay, now, a subcategory. A subcategory of commitment. A subcategory of commitment is that, like everything else in life, you cannot put things on autopilot. You don't pre-sign people what that means. Yeah, because... A what? A get? You Before you marry, you sign a get. What? No, yeah. Tuba. 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 Not a get. A get no, is a divorce. I know. I'm saying when they go to because war. Because a guy, no, because a man 
doesn't have to give a woman a get. So if the woman really needs to get up, then she could just use that. Really? I never heard of that. That's, that's clever, but that's not, that. not that's not the way we do things. It's a um, <laughs> Okay, so B of this is that you cannot put things in autopilot. We don't. We, it, it, Judaism is it, Judaism, and everything in spirituality and in Judaism, it's like you're on a treadmill. If you don't move forward, if you don't advance, you regress. If you don't take steps to improve your marriage, your marriage will regress. Like just like there's a story of love that this woman came to the judge said, "I want to get divorced." Why do you want to get divorced? The judge asked her. He, she said, "Because he doesn't love me." And he says, "What? We're married for 17 years." The day we got married, I told you I love you. And if it changes, I'll notify you. That's a joke, guys. Yeah, I got it. He doesn't want to get divorced. We're going to laugh here? <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Just like we understand that it's ludicrous to tell, to tell a woman once that you love her. And if anything changes, I'll notify you. That's ludicrous. So too, it has to be that you work on your relationship, on your love, Constantly. You constantly work in it and work on dealing with all those themes, all those little bumps in the road which invariably happen to work on your own redone, become a better person and more, of a, a more easy to acclimate um, in the relationship. Has anyone ever heard of the concept of an emotional bank account? Yes. Yes. An emotional bank account, you want, you want, you want to... It's in the five, seven things of high effective. Oh. So I have it's high effective. Oh. People. It's yes. Okay. So you want to? You want to? Yes, I have friends. That's Do you want to? Uh, no, please. An emotional bank account means that there are things that you could like. Like we view a relationship as uh, an emotional bank account. You constantly you put in, you're able to take out. Right. You want to go spend the night with the boys and drink some beer and watch some football. Right. Now your wife doesn't watch football. I guarantee. Ninety nine point nine percent of women don't like football. Don't. It, it doesn't make any sense. How can you not like football? But we're men. We don't understand it. Right. It's hard for us to understand how, how, it's, how it's possible to not enjoy football. But you want to grow, so that is a withdrawal from the emotional bank account. You just lost a few, a few, a few points. But you can constantly, with like, uh, my brother's always fond of saying, there's a triple A of, of, of emotions in marriage. The attention, affection, appreciation. Every time you give her attention, every time you give her affection, every time you give her appreciation, you're putting another dollar in your emotional bank account. So we all will have our times where we have to make those withdrawals, which is fine but constantly beef up the, the positive side of the emotional bank account. That is the deposit. Thank you. Uh, so that is the idea of commitment. Commitment is you come in with an attitude of this is here to stay, and you constantly foster, you constantly um, sustain or um, maintain or grow or augment the emotional relationship. Not only you come with an attitude, but you come with an attitude of, of working on, on, um, on the relationship. That's number three. Number four, communication. My opinion is that instead of dating for so many years before marriage, you should spend your time becoming acquainted with the opposite sex. Men and women are created differently. They're created differently. There's language barriers between men and women. The women are more emotional, intuitive. Men are more technical, intellectual. It's important to learn how to communicate with members of the opposite sex. Learn how to deal with a woman before you get married. And even during marriage, this is important. Don't have expectations that you do not voice. If you want something, say it. Don't expect it to happen by itself. This is important. 
Sometimes men, like your wife might have that, you'll have that, you'll have an expectation. Say it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Important. Communication, communication, communication. Number five. Complete sexual fidelity. Three studies. First study. Couple, uh, couples during the first month of marriage have on average uh, sexual relations about 17 times the first month. By the end of the first year, it's down to eight times monthly. Eight times monthly. So obviously we see a major decrease. That's the first study. Second study. People who were married less than three years said, 72, was married less than three years, 72% of them have had have sex at least several times a week. And 58% say that sex life is very exciting. Sounds pretty good, right? 72% have sex more than once a week. And 58% say that their sex life is very exciting. Okay. Very exciting. Okay. Now fast forward. This is the same study. People were married more than 10 years. So we had people married less than three. Now people married more than 10 years. Now only 32% of them have having, are having sex at least several times a week. A drop of 40%. And only 29% of them say their sex life is very exciting. A drop of uh, also 29%. Obviously we see... When people get married, they live with each other, the novelty of the relationship wanes. And obviously, what does that cause? Sexual boredom, which causes seeking alternatives. That is the major gateway to infidelity is through sexual boredom. And now we know that if... Infidelity, old people. What's wrong with being old? Old people have affairs. I'm old. I feel like I'm old. I'm 25. Oh, I can't believe it. wrinkles and sad. So what? So what? I mean, so what? So what's your point? This, you're going to have sexual boredom because you're not going to be attracted. First of all, I want to tell you that by the time a couple is in their 70s and they've been living together for 30, 40, 50 years, no, that's not true. It's not necessarily true. But uh, th- thanks to Viagra, it's still. Uh, <laughs> Hey, possible. Uh, yes, um, but the relationship is so much deeper than just just sex. Sex is just one small part of it. Okay. It's so deeper. The relationship they care each other so much. You think of your grandparents who you know who are in their nineties. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> no, they love each other and care for each other. Don't know. I'm saying their love and care for each other. The relationship is so much deeper than just physical. That's obviously you build it up. It's not just based on on physicality, but oftentimes people when they're in their thirties or even in their 20s, they're married for a couple of years, and they already won out because of the, the, the lack of fulfillment on, on the physical side of the marriage. And the third study is 36% of... Oh, wait, we have fourth one also. Uh, 36% of respondents who were not satisfied in their sexual relationship have cheated on their spouses. So people, so we see people are not happy, necessarily, or the further they, further they are away from the marriage, the less excited they are, and the less excited they are, the more likely they are to cheat. And the last study is that couples, if you take the average couple and you tell them every time they sleep together, the first five years of their marriage, they drop a coin into a jar. Right? Every time they sleep together, drop a coin in a jar. Chink. Right? Clink. Now, after five years of marriage, the jar is pretty full. Now, every time you sleep together, after five years, take a, take a coin out. Got it? Is this too complicated in mathematics? Right? Five years, first five years, every time you sleep, you put, you put one in. After five years, you start taking out. After 50 years, most couples will still have coins in the jar. So Which means that most people 
will sleep together. Most married. Forget to take the coins out. <laughs> <laughs> no, most most couples will sleep together more often in the first five years of the marriage than the last fifty. The reason behind it is loss of novelty. It's not exciting anymore. It's boring. And the only solution to this problem is observing the laws of Nida. of Nida. That's the only way to do it. There's no other solution. I don't have any fancy solution, any modern solution. Um, okay, so Nida is... Um, I'll, I'll explain to you right now. Right, now right, right here, right now. A woman has something called a period. Have you heard of a period? You know what that is? You know, okay, so it's... it's the women have... A, 30, every, about every 30 days, there's a cycle um, where the body prepares itself to have a baby. And then, oh, there's no baby! So it just totally goes nuts. Like it goes up and down, right? <laughs> now, it's like, like, no, the lining of the uterus. The lining of the uterus gets full of blood, preparing to have a baby. Then if there's no baby there, if there's no, um, if there's no conception, uh, if there's no fertilization, then the, ba- then the blood will just all go out and it'll start the new cycle again. Now, during that time when the blood is flowing, and for about two weeks, um, in, in Torah law, in halacha, the men and women, uh, the husband and wife, are not allowed to touch each other. They're not allowed to kiss each other. They're not allowed to sleep together. Not, there's a bunch of laws governing the separation. Where do you sleep? During what period? On the couch? During, from, from when they like, have... Where would you sleep, though? On the couch, like well, no, no. So two every every observant couple has has two beds, but like pushed together. Well, you well, even if you have two massive beds, you have two king size beds, and you only use one of them during half half the half the month, or you could uh, what? find a way around it. Get two beds. What's the big deal? I'm or sleep on the couch. Yeah, no, you don't sleep on the couch. You have a bed. You have another bed. Um, now, so during these two weeks, so from when she has a period till. Uh, till no no no, the cycle starts thirty days but later. But after menopause, after menopause, there's no period, so there's no so period. So you're on the pill and you don't do like none of this happens. Well, on the pill sometimes they, there's spotting. Would it, it's a whole it's a whole there's a whole there's a lot of problems so with the pill. Want, um, but, uh, if you want to sleep in the same bed as your wife, you're on the pill or something. No, but you don't want to because pregnant, it's a it's a, every single yeah, couple who observes <laughs> this. Swears by it. But if she's, it's not, if she's now, pregnant, then you can do it. Yes, yes. Then pregnant, right, exactly. When she's pregnant, then you have, so they have nine months. Nine months. Um, <laughs> now, I, but I want to tell you, I want to explain to you, Jesse. Every single couple that observes these laws swears by it. Because this is what it says in the Talmud. The Talmud was written about 1,500 years ago. It says, Romero says, if there is no Nida laws observed, the couple will lose interest in each other very, very fast. But if they observe the laws of Nida, then they have a honeymoon every single month. Every single month you have the same feeling as by the honeymoon. That's the benefit of observing the Nida laws. What if you're on your honeymoon and it's during Nida? That's, that's why you can't have, you can't have, you have to, that's why you have to, you have to plan your, you have honeymoon to plan your honeymoon. And you gotta do Yichud during Nida? Yes. You are. So that's uh, unless, you're... unless the couple has never consummated their marriage. Never. You can't have with your... Unless they never had a successful... You can't have food with your... That's can. part of Nida. You can have. Like during that time of Nida. You can. You can have Yichud. Yichud means seclusion. Yeah. Yes. yes. Unless, like I said to Isaac... There's still not a lot of touch in that Right. Right. Unless you have never consummated your marriage. means like the first... You know, if let's say they're not successful in wedding night they're consummating their marriage, then... What do I mean to consummate marriage? Uh, it means to... First time. Yeah, to have uh, 
So these laws that everyone who observes them swears by them because it really it's like a refresh button. So, for it's a, the period from when they had period. so she has the period. It flows for about five days. She has something called a seven clean days, which means there's no blood. After that, after that, after seven full days, she goes to the mikvah. Right? Mikvahs are for women, by the way, not for men. She goes to the mikvah, and then it's free for her. So what do you do, like, generally, because obviously not everyone agrees, if you don't want to have kids for... What do you do with me? Like, do you wear a condom? Do you use a pill? Um, Obviously, if you don't have kids, so now with regards to birth control, if you can't have kids, in, in halacha, in halacha, yeah, yeah, in halacha. So if you don't want to have kids, first of all, this is always a question for a rabbi. Um, so it's every case by case. Uh, it's a case by case, but it, yes, it's one of those things you have to talk to a rabbi about. But the permissible forms of birth control are ones where it does not stop the semen from leaving his body. So condom is generally prohibited. Um, but the the other methods, there are many other methods which. Um, stop it from the woman's side. Like the pill's fine. Most people, most women use the pill. Um, um, I, I have my whatever. I have, an, I have opinions on the matter also. So if you want to talk to me about it, I want to ask a certified rabbi okay, to talk yeah. about it. Um, but no, because we have a, there's a problem of spilling seed. The second the, the second the the seed goes into the woman's body, exactly, exactly. So once the seed goes into the woman's body, it's fine. So even if you kill it from the woman's body i.e. through an IUD or through the pill or through a uh, diaphragm, all these, you know, all these things that they use, that's fine. But don't stop. On, uh, on, um, well, why, why, what's uh, why is what's abortion? abortion? What about abortion? What's the denominator? Abortion is, well, I have a lot to say in abortion as well. I did a lot of study in it. So there's a lot of different opinions. What's clear is that discretionary abortion for no reason is for sure prohibited and abortion when it's dangerous for the mother is for sure prohibited. Question is, what about all the in-between cases? Abortion in a case where you just don't want to have, have kids because, for no reason. If there's no good reason, abortion is prohibited in Jewish law. If there is a good reason, there usually is a reason. then it depends. If it's dangerous to the mother, if it's a health health concern to the mother, then it's for sure uh, fine. I don't think there's ever a case of abortion where there's just no reason to No, it's just, yeah, I'm not going to have another kid. Or... Like you have five kids and you don't want them anymore. Uh, yeah, that's not a. Uh, depends. Is is you have to know? Is is it really emotionally troublesome for the woman to have a baby, or it's like, yeah, I don't want to have a kid, but I really could, but I'm lazy. <laughs> what if it's dangerous financially? Uh, financial. That's another good point. These are things, obviously, for a rabbi. Right. Um, but guys, these five things. If you want to avoid having a miserable marriage, these five things um, should be heeded to um, religiously. With religious fanaticism, okay. Number one, compatibility. Find the right one. Don't don't get caught up by the externalities of the things. Number two, common goals. You have to have. You have to be going somewhere in life. You want to. You, you know, marriages fail because they're not going anywhere. That they're just living together. They're not. They're not. They don't have a goal in life. They're not going on a journey somewhere. They're just together. You have to be together for the ride. If you're not going anywhere. Communication. It's important to have communication. That's the way to solve a lot of problems in marriage problems. Uh, number f- okay. number three is commitment, right? Commitment is the most important one. Reframing, right? Marriage is not. We all just, we all we all sat around the table. Everyone agreed. We're not getting divorced. Why? Because we're not getting divorced. Why? Because we're not getting divorced. Because we're committed to it. You get married, you're committed to it. This is a tattoo. The marriage is a tattoo. You don't remove it unless the laser very painful, right? It's forever. The last thing is. 
um, complete sexual fidelity, which can only be attained, in my opinion, through observing the laws of Nida. If you follow these five things, you're guaranteed success. If you don't follow these five things, in all likelihood, you'll fail like the rest of the United States. Half Yes. No, half the, half the ones have divorce. Most of them are not divorced, but they don't even sleep in the same room together. They have nothing, nothing to do with each other. They're roommates. Well, why are we talking about divorce? Well, we were. We, that was just an illustration. But ultimately, we don't just want to not get divorced. Because you're married doesn't mean your marriage is successful. Does anything happen? Well, I'm not divorced. Like every, like in everything, like like everything, like everything else in in Judaism, like like everything else in Judaism, eating pig is just not healthy. But the reason why we don't eat it is not because it's not healthy, right? Eating milk and meat together is not healthy. But it's not the reason why we don't eat it. S- similarly, similarly, for a woman, um, during Nida, it's not healthy for her. But that's not why, it's not why we don't do it. It's not healthy for her, it's not healthy for him either. So there's blood there, it's a mess. Because it says, what? It's, it's a mess in the Torah. It's for marriage, really. That's what it's for. Yeah, but in the Talmud, they explain the reason behind it. Well, it, it's challenging. No one's going to say it's easy. No, no one, ask anyone who observes it. No one will say it's easy. But no one would trade it for anything. Well, why, it's kind of crazy. Like, you can't give your wife this. Well, without it, the, putting it down for us and letting her take it. It just, those are just reminders. But, but it's not like, that's not like super strict. Those, right? those are reminders. That's not like crazy strict, though. Isn't well, that's Shofanar. So, that's halacha. You can't, you can't deny it. You can't run get away with it. You can't, you can't uh, avoid it. You can only pass it directly. And like, you have to, like two, salt, two things of salt. You're supposed to do something different, like when you eat. You're supposed to, like, have a There's a lot of reminders and halacha, reminders to remind you that, that, that she's in Nida's house. You're only doing that in that period. It's about two weeks. It's about two weeks. 12 days to 15 minutes. Are you allowed to do, like, morning after pill? Well, morning after pill, we don't really know how it works. Morning after pill may be abortion like it may be well the ready is conception but the the the, 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 the embryo or whatever you want to call the fetus is just so why small does, why does the scene have to enter the woman like, why is that so important that's just that's yeah because it's why you're not allowed to like spill yes. yeah I know like why um, it's constant no? huh? what I know but it's like a what every every drop of semen has like millions of sperm but I'm saying there's so much in your Body, no? no, you have two little factories there. Yeah, it's not like you keep it's not like it's you have two little factories, the testicles are factories of producing sperm and no, because it's not like that. I could have been that kind of like, you could have wanted to turn like, you know, there's a lot of Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. What is it? It's fast. You're going to have had three times. Like, you're not wasting, you're not wasting because, like, your body just makes, remakes it. I don't understand what you're saying. What about semen? Like you, your body remakes. Your body is not remaking. You're wasting it. And your body is okay. It's inside of your body. No, but it's like it's like saying. Let me tell you what it's like saying. It's like it's like saying. Well, when Stalin killed a hundred million Russians, he didn't. 
They're just yeah, they're, they're just reproduce them. Yeah, you just kill those, yeah, but, but there's more and more. You're not killing anyone because no one's actually alive. No, it's potential. But life potential. Life potential equals life. Just like every time you have sex, only one sperm or two, maybe. No, only one because the woman only has one. Millions. Yeah, the woman has only one one egg. Right. Which is like demonstrative of the difference between men and women. Men are like everywhere. Like a million ideas. A woman is like, oh, one thing. Yeah, but that means they don't have a choice. Also, we have like a thousand billion. What? What's your phone number? 713 252 Okay, are we done? Any questions? Yeah, I have Do you only just go to one on one dinners? Well, that means you like, try to find movie. settings that a movie is, is a terrible, terrible place. Movie. <laughs> Our movies are you gotta watch a, watch a movie. But you, what do you gain? Nothing. It's just, it's just right, the way to have fun. So you go to a movie by yourself. You no, wait. No, wait. Like, you just go to find out if they're like a person that talks to you all the time during movies or like if they have an annoying laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no because also, you don't want to lie. They're just going to change. Unless you want someone who asks you to get married. I'm sorry? Nothing changes after you. Nothing changes, most likely. It just oh, most people say, "Well, um, they weren't like this before they, they got married." Well, they actually were like this before you got married. You just didn't look out. You didn't know. You didn't notice it because you weren't looking out for it. So, a um, um, uh, movie's a terrible place uh, to go. Yeah, terrible. Well, either 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 use a shotgun or use have a friend suggest one, or if you know a nice girl. But don't just use don't just use your pat your desires to determine who who you're gonna go after. That's oh, stupid because those things don't last. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I know what I'm gonna do. Add a field.